Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. If you have just joined us, as always, um, do give us a little uh, hello, a happy new year, Um, uh, yeah, give us a little thumbs up. Just so we know who's here, but a big happy new year to everyone. I can see some people on now. Here we go. Marky V, of course. Happy new year, mate. Joel, James, Amanda, Kurt, Kurt McSweeney. Happy new year. Uh, Paul Beecher. Paul, great to see you on here. Um, great stuff. Let's wait for a, a few people to get on. Scott <laughs> <laughs> Wells. All right, Shaggers. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you want to put the sheet before that, just so everyone knows. Yeah, um, well. I think that we're just Shaggers. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> They, they eat Amanda is what I say, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, happy to do it. Yeah, no, great. It's great to be back. Um, yeah, 2022. Wow. Can't believe it. We're into 2022. It looks, it just feels like, Dave, we had just come back from Everest Base Camp in 2019. I know. We did Killy in the beginning of 2020, and then now suddenly we're in 2022. I mean, what's going on? It's weird, isn't it? It's very weird. And this year is going to see some changes. So help me. I'm getting out on the mountains. Um, yeah, I've got some. Uh, yeah, I've got some plans this year. I'm sure you have as well. I'm definitely, definitely going out to Nepal this year. Um, I don't care if I have to swim. <laughs> I'm, get, I'm getting over there. Exactly. Right. No, it's, it's, it's certainly been a mad, um, well, almost two years now, isn't it? Coming up for March. <clears throat> but we... Uh, you know, we're full steam ahead. Uh, we've we've actually got some people out in Tanzania at the moment, which is awesome. We have uh, indeed. You know, we, we don't normally, I say don't normally, <laughs> we haven't normally run trips um, uh, much at all. We had some of the autumn. Um, you know, we had some training weekends last year. We also had, uh, yeah, some activity in Nepal, some some people o- over in Mount Tupacal, which is amazing. But now we've finally, um, you know, since 2020, had our first customers on on, on on Kilimanjaro. They're trekking at the moment. They arrived on Saturday, so they're on yep. their way up Tuesday. So I, I guess Shira Camp, Shira One, Shira One now, isn't it on the plateau today? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, so they would have arrived at Big Tree yesterday. Yeah, um, I remember it like it was yesterday because it was the last thing I pretty much did before <laughs> this all happened. Um, I always joke about it, but the last time I was in Kilimanjaro, I hadn't realised the price of hand sanitizer had skyrocketed. I was handing it out like candy, and uh, yeah, when I came back, I realised I lost about three hundred quid's worth. So um, nice, <laughs> but um, but yeah, that was big tree, and then yeah, today yeah. they'd be going um, up over the plateau to Shira One. Um, yeah, it's a good day. That's yeah. a good day, actually. Is that it? the elephant's back? Is that the day, or is that tomorrow? No, no, today. That 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 is uh, elephant's back today. So it's a bit of a beast um, in terms yeah. of increase of altitude it's 26 700 meters but yeah altitude awesome it's just finally um able to, to be able to do that but this year 2022 you know we're, we're i know it's still pretty nuts at the moment guys but we're, we're very excited um the fact we're running trips as we're doing these lives is amazing yeah. um and the fact is we got heaps of people um, ready to, to welcome in the pool uh, and other countries this spring so yeah we can't wait <clears throat> Just a bit of a, a precursor. If I do sneeze or cough or splutter, I'm just getting over. Um, um, not COVID. Uh, I had a PCR yesterday, but yeah, I got a bit of a, a bit of man flu at the moment. So uh, yeah, a bit struggling a bit. But I didn't want to miss the live because I've missed you guys. It's been <clears throat> it's been our first live since when, Dave? Since uh, was it just for Christmas, right? Uh, just for Christmas, yeah. And also, and I'm just going to point out that um, although you have got a cold with this, no one will notice any different because um, I think the sneezing <laughs> has been present on every single live we've ever done. That's um, yeah, you know, you've had the kumbu cough since before you went to the kumbu. Um, in fact, arguably, and did you cause the kumbu cough? Did you bring the kumbu cough to uh, the kumbu? No, I. I, I... Uh, fortunately, I didn't cause it, but maybe I've uh, I've added to do it to it over the years. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's uh, yeah, I, I get I get what you mean, Dave. But yeah, I'm uh, I I wanted to to make the uh, make the effort and come on today. It's been a bit bit of a mad week since getting back. But right, Dave. Yeah. So today, then, um, I know we we were having an iron about today because you know we we always like to start off the the new year as with a positive uh, as much as we can. You know, if you've been anywhere around uh, me and Dave, the Evertrek community. You know, we're all about positivity. And we thought, well, you know, it has been an unexpected couple of years. And as much as we, we try and hide from the fact that unexpected things do happen, it's good to talk about it. 
Um, you know, and, and the unexpected things that happen on a trek, any travel experience, it could be going to the shops, could be ice climbing in, in Switzerland, right, Mick, uh, or northern Italy. I hope you had a good time, by the way. Uh, very jealous. Um, yeah, and the unexpected is sometimes a, a good thing, like when things happen that, you know, surprise you. Um, you know, it really adds to the experience. Before we talk about that, and as well as that, you know, we'll also talk about, you know, the, the, the other side of the coin, because as always, we like to give you guys the, the full scope of what travel and adventure travel is like. And yeah, the things that, that don't, uh, you know, quite go right and the bumps in the road. So yeah, yeah. we want to, we want to kind of, um, you know, talk about the full scope of it, but yeah, Dave, so expect the unexpected, mate. What's, um, where do you want to start with that? Yeah. So I think it's, it's, um, everything that we do has fundamentally changed in the last sort of two years right and we used to say that you know adventure travel it's not a holiday you need to roll with the punches and stuff like that but it kind of used to be like a, a bit of a line you know we we always knew that we were like in control of almost everything that we did but actually it's becoming more and more true as time goes on yeah um and adventure travel is becoming more adventurous um especially during these um I, i'm if I can get through this entire life without using the phrase unprecedented times, I'm going to be really happy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, th things are different. You know, things are different now than they were two years ago. And expecting the unexpected is is going to be the way that we all need to kind of adapt our mindset in order to get the most out of these trips. Yeah. Because things change last minute. Um, you know, before we used to be able to plan years in advance. Now we almost do it by the week. Um, you know, and things do change. And I think having that mindset, and one of the things I keep going back to was, and I keep going back to it in my mind, is if you've watched 14 Peaks on Netflix and you've watched Nims's journey to do all 14 8,000ers in um, six months, uh, what was it, seven months, just under seven. Um, yeah, like expecting the unexpected was, and, you know, rolling with the punches, going with the flow, whatever you want to call it, was pretty much fundamental. You know, that's how yeah. he managed to do it. You know, he didn't get derailed by things that, that you know, sort of flew in the face of what he expected. And he carried on anyway, and it made it more adventurous. And I think that's what we're going to sort of uh, hopefully talk about today, some of our experiences. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking off the bat now, um, clearly we're very organized and we always have these examples lined up for you, don't we, Dave? <laughs> um, no, but we, we were thinking, um, you know, about, okay, were there, were there some examples of, of where it didn't go to plan, where actually it worked out? And I, I'm, I'm going to start, if, if it's all right, Dave, I'll go first. Yeah, mate, I want to talk about um, a little story, actually, when I was with, when, the first time I went to Everest Base Camp, and it was in... Um, this is something I, I'd never done before. Obviously, Everest Base Camp, before Evertrek, you know, we're talking six odd years now. Wow. Um, and basically, yeah, on the, I was so excited about the trip that I wanted to write about it. I started a little blog called Welsh Man Walking. It's still there sometimes in the ether. And we, we um, I wanted to write about my journey uh, because I thought, right, you know, I want to start writing about it. It was something I was really passionate about, you know, the mountains. So I went out there and I stopped over in Istanbul. And whilst I was in... Um, Not Constantinople. No, this is Istanbul. Not um, Constantinople. And you I know was, the song? Sorry. No. <laughs> That's niche, Dave. Yeah, that uh, is niche. Yeah, that is niche. And yeah, basically, I remember in between flights, because, you know, there was a short stopover. And I know there's been a few questions the last couple of weeks around stopovers and how long. I think mine was about 50 minutes. And, and you know, to be honest, it was a bit too short. But I remember looking at my um you know my boarding pass and i was like i got heaps of time great i'll sit down i'll type and i do get sucked into my writing i remember typing away typing away anyway probably about 50 minutes had passed uh, but i was so deep in in terms of you know writing about the journey and i sat next to a gurkha on the plane so I, I, and we had whiskey and we were chatting awesome stuff anyway um i soon realized that uh you know it got to that time where i looked at the board and i couldn't see my flight on the board and i thought What's only been 15 minutes? What's going on? Anyway, uh, clearly, um, I got my times wrong and my flight had gone. So I missed my flight to Kathmandu, which was um, very, very, oops. Um, luckily, I was on my own, you know, it, it wouldn't impact anyone else. But it certainly changed my trip because I remember when I arrived in Lukla. So it was a bit of a knock on effect. When I got to Lukla, I met a couple of Dutch guys, a guy from New Zealand, um, a guy called Igor from the Ukraine. Great people. And actually, I know I wouldn't have met those people um, if I'd kind of not missed my flight, if you know what I mean. 
And having missed my flight, met these people. We actually did some traveling afterwards. We all got to Everest Base Camp. We went down to Chitwan National Park. And it was just one of those things. It was maybe serendipitous. But I suppose that's just one example for me of, of it not going to plan. But actually, I, I wouldn't change that because I met some awesome people. And I, you know, share some stories. If you, any of you got some some stories similar to that or maybe where it hasn't gone right, you know, you've missed a, missed a flight, uh, you know, maybe you've been ill or maybe it's, uh, your travel journey took a bit of a detour, but actually that detour was made the trip. Um, you know, one of those. And yeah, share them in the comments. Always keen to hear these. Dave, what about you? Any uh, any stories like that? Sorry, I, I was going on a bit um, right there. Must have gone to Constantinople. No, no, yeah. I think it's one of those where, I think probably though, it's, it's the way that sort of unexpected things can sort of change plans for the better yeah. is what I've experienced more than because I've never missed a flight. That would stress me out something chronic. But, uh, you know, you're, you don't get stressed out by anything. But one thing I do enjoy is that I was supposed to go to EBC um, back to Everest Base Camp for a fifth time after we did Kilimanjaro. And that didn't happen, obviously. Like a lot of other people, I had to sort of change my plans last minute with the... Yeah. Uh, the outbreak of the C word and that hasn't happened. And then two more times I've actually attempted to try and book back on and go back out there like you guys and it hasn't happened. Yeah. But each and every time I do it, I'm having more and more time to think, train. I mean, my training went out the window a little bit. That was another thing that I was unexpected. But one of the things now is actually my plans have completely changed. I'm not going to go back and do Everest Base Camp for a fifth time now. Um, the longer time that it's taken me to actually plan this trip has realized well actually i'm going to go out there and climb a mountain now in may which nice. is which is the new and revised plan but you know it may have happened anyway it may not have but the time that it's taken the extra time that i've had in the middle has yeah. changed the way that i've thought about my trip you know and i've decided to get the most out of it because yeah. i think i started to take it for granted that i could go you know traveling whenever i wanted and i could do these things whenever i wanted what that meant was that a lot of the time my plans were always on the back burner weirdly because yeah i could do them whenever i wanted you know oh, i can do that whenever yeah. you know and i didn't think about it it wasn't at the forefront of my mind where actually now my time has become far more precious and my reasons and availability for travel fewer so now i've got to make the most out of everything that i've done so those unexpected changes have actually changed my outlook on things and now i've decided yeah. well actually rather than going through the motions and doing Everest Base Camp a fifth, a sixth, a seventh time, I'm actually going to start ticking off those personal bucket list items of mine yeah. that I were on the back burner. And, you know, one of those has always been that I want to train and I want to um, attempt a summit of Mount Everest. Now, I'm not going to get there by just going to Everest Base Camp over and over again, which is amazing and I would happily do. Yeah. But I wanted to climb a 6,000 meter Himalayan peak. I wanted to climb Aconcagua. So now there's a very real plan in place for those things. So I think that's what's happened to me more unexpected than anything. It's that it's sure. actually made me value my trips, value my time outside this country and actually focus it more on my personal goals than just kind of going with the flow. Yeah. So, nice. yeah. Also, I, I love that. It, I, I suppose you're right, isn't it? Because there's, there's certain things, uh, as you were saying that, I was thinking, you know, because we've had so many different messages and emails and conversations with people over the last kind of two years around similar experiences to yours then, Dave, you know, people who haven't been able to go. Yeah. Um, you know, people who have been like, you know, almost let down, you know, because restrictions come in place. And then it's like, oh, what do I do now? But I know when you refocus on, on a particular plan, it certainly gives you a bit more motivation, right, in terms of, you know, getting off your backside and, and getting ready for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's it. You know, and I think when you and I know I know for yourself, Dave, I know this for a lot of Evertrackers, you know, when you finally get out there and achieve what you want to achieve, I think you'll you know, it'll be you, you'll be all the you'll have all the better time for it because yeah. you've been waiting so damn long. You know, it's like it's 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 amazing, really. And yeah, I mean, I mean, just reading through some of the comments and Mick's put on there about, yeah, you had a bit of a road traffic accident on the um, ice climbing last weekend. Hope all was OK. Um, Mick, I know you said no one's injured, but yeah, it must have been a hell of an adventure. But yeah, it's these kind of things do kind of. Um, sorry to use road as an analogy, but yeah, you take a different road, don't you? And that, but that road's okay. That road will work out. Um, you know, if you if you if you keep going and keep that that mindset of okay, so what? It's a new road. Yeah. That may, what 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 lies at the end of this road? Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a bad road. 
um and i like that dave yeah which one are you gonna climb uh, mera mera yeah mera that's the idea and um yeah i need to try and convince um a good mate of mine to actually come with me um it would feel a bit wrong i think summer in out there with unless he was with me um I don't know whether I've got to ask him on the live or do I just tap, or do I tap the window <laughs> and ask the wife? You don't have to ask. It's, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because um, what confident I'm on, mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but um, I do, I do think that. But yeah, talking about roads as well. One of the, um, you know, going back to 2019, one of the yeah, big yeah. changes actually, which is very relevant, bring it down from the dreams to the very real, is uh, um, the changes we had to make to get to the airport many yeah, of these people yeah, on yeah, here yeah. now who have done it will know about ramachap and things like that and it's almost become one of those things where you roll your eyes when you hear the word but actually it's not the ramachap case <laughs> yeah exactly but you know ramachap oh, yeah. is um yeah so for those that don't know and for those um uh watchers listeners viewers for the audience that hasn't doesn't know and hasn't been yet yeah. um there's two ways to get to lukla basically well there's three ways you can overland it um we don't rec well I recommend it, but if you've got the time. But the we focus primarily on the Lukla flight, which is like an adventure all on its own. Um, there's a couple of uh, rolling with the punches stories I can tell you about those flights. But the yeah. uh, the biggest one that might impact you is sometimes we go from Kathmandu, sometimes we actually have to go to Ramachap. Uh, Michael Gillies here, great off road experience hey, to Ramachap. Going, that's the, that's the attitude that I'm leaning towards. Um, I think I was out there with Michael Gillies. I think we passed on the mountain on Tengboche. I think Tengboche on the way downhill. Yeah, yeah. I remember so, um, an Irish voice, and I was like, hey, here we go. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, it is one of those things where we get little notice. You know, the airport authorities might suddenly decide to divert two thirds of their flights via Ramachap, and if that's the case, you have a little adventure before the adventure. Yeah. So and you know it's a several hour bumpy journey across nepal into the lowlands to a place called Mulcott, which is where we stay before we go to ramachap which is where the airport is um and i'll be honest the first time i ever had to do it i got there and i was a little bit like oh a long drive but actually i loved it it was bumpy yeah. it was like an off-road adventure we were all laughing in the minibus every time we went over a jump um and also i got to see an area of nepal i never would have seen before it was fantastic um my uncle actually um came with us only to do the lukla flight he wow. always wanted to do it you know the most dangerous airport in the world 15 the shortest runway in the world he always wanted to do it and so he had to do the drive so he did the drive there flew to lukla stayed the night flew back the next day <laughs> so he done that drive twice in like three days um but yeah that's one of those little changes that yeah. can be unexpected that you just need to kind of roll with and um you know rather than seeing it as like an obstacle and a problem see it yeah. as an adventure you have to you know part of the adventure and also you've got to get to base camp you know that's yeah i'd i'd call over broken glass if i had to so a uh, <laughs> a, a, a minibus wow. ride on a bumpy road is is easy yeah it's interesting isn't it because i know we it was unexpected for us as a, as a business because we were i mean it was, this was every company by the way if you if you've been around um and sorry all the the usual ever trekkers if you sound like a broken record because we have talked about this quite a bit over the years but um yeah because it was enforced by the um uh, nepalese aviation authority uh, because they had to do developments in, in Kathmandu. so literally they said that only international flights were allowed to come in and out of Kathmandu airport which is like okay well and the nearest one was was this one that dave was talking about ramachat which you know because you think logistically you're thinking okay well how long does it take to get there uh, what about you know do we leave early in the morning or do we go the night before and you know there's lots that, that, that came into it but we luckily we, we found out very early because of our you know um we're, we're very very close with with our team over in nepal and, and they got you know the contacts are good we always tend to know things quite early so we booked up mostly accommodation that was quite local to where the airport still very basic um i'll share a video actually in a bit about how basic it is uh, you might have seen before but essentially we got there quite early so we were quite lucky still obviously there's the job of saying uh, hey guys you know we've uh, we had to make changes to you know because this is event travel um you know that we were not going to go from Kathmandu anymore we have to drive then fly to Kathmandu uh, to look at you know and it's always that bit of to and fro because you know we, we again we, we go to expect the unexpected and um you know being told that something's different to how you it was before there's always that trepidation right there's always that oh okay oh why so yeah we, we've obviously had to adapt and, and try and try and make that as clear as possible and 
you know, it does happen. And, you know, potentially, I know, Dave, we were talking about it the other day that um, we, we've heard someone on the grapevine, they might still be doing it now, which yeah, is so, always a bit I, of a, okay. But, you know, again, it's an awesome journey. It's, um yeah, it's one of those where they were renewing the runway in Kathmandu International Airport. There's only one international runway. Uh, managing the um, the yeah. air traffic is quite difficult with all the flights going like Lukla every 20 minutes and then they've got the big jets coming in. And when they diverted everyone to Ramachap, they were like, oh, my God, this is amazing. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, and then they they decided, well, actually, they're going to keep this year on year. Just so happens, yeah. you know, there hasn't been many people back. But it's, yes, yeah. yeah, so it's a possibility that uh, it could happen. Uh, Ramona, you've spelled it just a little bit wrong. It's AK, um, A-K-S-H-I-T <laughs> is the name of the hotel. But, yeah, that, that hotel is, um, I've stayed there three times now. And every time there's always a little surprise. The first time I stayed there was with... Um, I think Andy and then we had the there's a video isn't it of just what that was actually like um, now? yeah yeah put it on yeah put it on yeah because right, here um, we go you're going to be here in the audio and this is Dave clearly he'd won the toss <laughs> come on hey guys uh Dave from Evertrack here just want to demonstrate Andy's bed for tonight <laughs> lovely five-star combination <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that was that Very was. Uh, I remember when you sat down on it. <laughs> you were like, Dave. <laughs> they basically just draped a curtain over a wood wooden board, which was like your mattress. Yeah, I know there's some developments to that accommodation now, but um, yeah, again, I you know expected the unexpected, um, but you know what? I had a great sleep. Uh, it's a yeah. travel, isn't it? Anything happens. Um, go with the flow, guys, as much as you can. Yeah. But anyway, that was uh, yeah, that was fun accommodation. And I was only fair. I didn't want to pull rank and say, Dave, that's my bed. It was only fair because it was a lovely double bed. There was a soft mattress and then there was this plank of wood. And um, yeah, I lost the toss. Fair and mate, fair. Co co coin toss is sacred, mate. Coin toss is sacred. Is. But um, um, yeah. so some, some funny comments, guys. I'm just going to read I, I, from Bry. Bry, happy new year, mate. Um, great to see you back running. Uh, on our trip to EBC, they run out of Everest beer in the hotel, but we adapted and overcome. We drank Gurkha beer instead. <laughs> Honestly, that's tickled me, that one. That's brilliant, mate. That's great. I, I, I tell you what, whilst everyone's here, because I obviously got married at the back end of last year, we've only had a couple of Tuesday tune-ins, and I haven't been able to thank a few people who made this, because I'm going to pull this up. Now, um, I don't know if you can see there, but... Definitely the um, the rosy cheeks and the uh, the uh, clearly the mileage on the face has been portrayed very well for me. Yeah, love Ellie and Jen as well. But no, I just want to say a big thank you to um, the group that put that together. Dave um, and some of the team um, gave that to us on the wedding day, and it was amazing. Um, thank you to ever. I think it was Karen. Yeah, no, I actually um, to people yeah. who, who organised that. Thanks, guys. That was amazing. It took, uh, I was organizing that um, for a long time. Um, I had, you know, Karen helped a little bit, but the rest of the time <laughs> I, I was actually liaising with everyone, collecting everything, organizing it, test, you know, proofing it and all stuff yeah. like that. So, um, yeah, it was actually quite a difficult gift for me to actually arrange. But um, again, like I said, there may have been some other people involved. I think, like, a, like a, I think Karen had something to do with it, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, it's a good job, Karen. Yeah. I don't always listen to Dave. Um, <laughs> yeah, I should say uh, I was I absolutely no help whatsoever. <laughs> no, <laughs> Karen no, no. tried to help me, but yeah. If anyone's tried to message me on Facebook, um, they'll understand how. how poor i am at getting back to people i just don't check the messages there's too many on the i think there's about 300 unread messages on my facebook now so wow, Dave. yeah i just uh i don't use it very often so um yeah uh, find out my whatsapp if you can and that's a better way um <laughs> <laughs> we should post Dave's whatsapp number on here you'd love that <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, but no, honestly thank you guys i wanted to get that in today because i know um, i haven't had a chance to thank the individuals who i think there was quite a number of you um, and apologies if I don't remember everyone. I know uh, Dave did say that, Karen, you, you were very important in getting this done. Um, and I know a lot of you, including Bry. Um, yeah, obviously, really meant a lot. I'd, I'd had a few beers by the time they'd given me this. So if there's any videos they've sent you that with any reactions, I might have been um, a little bit drunk. But, yeah, uh, uh, I hope you, you know, uh, just want to say a huge thanks, uh, obviously, for yeah. me, um, Jen and Ellie. It was uh, and 
It was awesome. Yeah, you only had two modes at that wedding, and and that was drunk or crying. Um, everyone said everyone said it was an emotional day. It was an emotional day. It was an emotional day. I'm almost impossible to break. I you know I can watch Marley and me and laugh at the end, but um yeah nothing. <laughs> that's just I don't, but I could. But yeah, nothing gets me. But um but yeah, that was um there was a a, a couple of moments during that day where I was like um yeah. It got yeah, me. It was, I know. Well, you got me a few times, and it was a very good speech. Dave was oh, one of yeah. those men, and um, um, he did fantastic. Rosie um, cried quite a lot, um, quite audibly loud during <laughs> the. Um, I was watching her. She was stood next to me, and she was a little bit emotional, a little bit emotional, and then all of a sudden, Ellie came out and read um, her piece, and Rosie went like, ah! like, and it was the loudest wail I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, no, that was that was a great moment, great moment. But Rosie, like, do, you um... wanna, do you want to wave to everyone and show everyone uh, there's Rosie over there? Hey, Rosie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm away from the office because of my lurgy, so, uh, but can't wait to... Yeah, you're banned, mate. You've got a red X on the, on the yak. Definitely. I, I should say um... the yak is Andy's pub. But yeah, it was, uh, which was unexpected, right? I rolled with it. I've, I've come here instead of going into the office, right? That's my yeah. uh, expect the unexpected. But yeah, so there's a few bits there. And I suppose, I hope we've covered that in a, in, a, in a positive light as much as we can around, you know, rolling with the punches. And, you know, it is adventure travel. And, and I think one thing we always say, um, you know, I think if you're on here now, um, you know, you're probably, and, and I almost certainly you are part of this this group is that, you know, you're used to adventure travel. You, you know, you, you kind of roll with the punches type people. Um, you know, you and you're in the right spot because it's not for everyone. There's people who, you know, um, go into on a bumpy road or you know, having certain things happen. It's not, it's not right for. And you know, we always obviously, um, you know, try and make things as as best as possible and create an awesome experience. That that's what we're all about. But you know, also as well, we we're all about just telling you how it is. And you know, if we don't like you to go out there and be, hey, that was a surprise. You know, we yeah. want to let you know how it is. And that's the good, the bad, and, 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 and the ugly. We, we, we don't even, hopefully, don't, won't even come into it. But anyway, that was where, that was our um, little starter um, for now. And, and as we head into 2022, let's make it an awesome year. Um, whatever happens this year, uh, the unexpected, the expected, let's let's have an amazing year and get back to, to what we're doing. Yeah, awesome. Just trekking and, and climbing and adventure travel. That's what we love. Yep. Uh, Tom Massetto, uh, since his first high altitude trek, he's become more emotional. Um, Tom, did you get engaged on your trek? I can't remember. There's so many Toms, but I think I know one of them got engaged on the on the trek, or or went there with a partner and maybe got engaged when they got back. I don't know. Anyway, if it was you, congratulations. I'm sure it's belated. Um, but yeah, what do you think? I know I'll make him emotional. That'd be it. Yeah. Um, talking about one more thing about Karen is as well. She hand delivered that um, picture to the office just before really? the wedding and uh, i just want to point out that we're in south wales and um she lives in scotland <laughs> so that was one one Welcome like Karen. i i even yeah, said like I, I i would have just posted it and you know it would have probably got shattered but what do you reckon you Should we dive in? That job? yeah <laughs> Not, not uh, it's not Tom, but anyway, Tom, yeah. uh, that's a future congratulations then if you're not already um, engaged. Uh, but Dave, right? I know we've. I'm just going through now because I know we've we, we've we've tagged on, but we've got we've had quite a few questions coming today. Yeah, mate, yeah, um, quite a few. We, we start um, answering them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, by the way, Lauren has pointed out that she will be counting the sneezes. Um, and you're you doing quite well, Andy. Oh, uh, do you know what? It's so annoying. Andy sneezes once every 32 seconds throughout his entire life except when you're waiting for him to sneeze on his stag do we had these um andy bingo cards um and every time we got like bingo he had to do a shot it's a stag do and one of them was sneezes and do you know what i waited for about 48 hours for a sneeze (laughs) the moment i went back to the hotel the boys were texting me he sneezed but you had to be there to mark it off so obviously didn't do it Um, but yeah so First question, Andrea, yeah. happy new year to us. Happy new happy year to year you. Uh, your question is about the booster jab and the requirement to have it to enter Nepal. You're reading mixed messages Ooh. on this. Does fully vaccinated mean the first two jabs or the two jabs plus a booster um, 
you won't have it in time. So basically, my understanding is that it's just the initial two jabs. Um, I don't think anyone as of yet is asking you to have also had the booster as a requirement for entry, just the first two. That may change given more time to allow for the booster to be rolled out. But at the moment, I believe it's just the two jabs um, that are required in order to get in. That deal, that'll give you like fully vaccinated status as far as their sort of immigration goes. So yeah, that would be that would be good. Um, nice, Dave. You I mean, just just off the back of that as well. I think also, you know, obviously we, we always get our information from from the same places that you guys do, which is from uh, you know the government website. Which although this week we we, we saw there was a little error on there. Um, and obviously the Nepalese side, obviously we'll, we'll share as if anything does change, that it's three. But yeah, um, as far as we know, yeah, it is just two. Yeah, uh, that you, you need proof of, and, and and do check those websites, guys. You know, I know there's 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 a lot of places you've got to go, um, but you know because it's we'll obviously try and help as much as we can with with like obviously answering these questions. But um, yeah, with regards to COVID rules, they do change like every every day um you know we, we we're not always in in track with all the countries every day if there's any changes if there are any changes do let us know because you know it's good to share that um but always check that that information is correct um obviously before sharing it as well on, on any social media please yeah um, you know it like it, obviously we want the right information but <clears throat> it's always good just to go and, and check the um you know uh, the exact uh, information yeah um, but yeah currently dave that's what it is isn't it I believe so. Yeah. I mean, it, there's always whenever you're dealing with these sort of there's always a slight disconnect and a, a slight differences between sometimes what they're the FCO are advising on their website and also what the local situation on the ground is. Um, so it, my personal recommendation is obviously, you know, we'll assist as, as much as we can. And if you call or email, you'll get the most up-to-date information from what we understand um, but also you know there's a couple of people like a customer I spoke to yesterday Paul actually called uh, the Nepalese embassy himself just to yeah. kind of double check some information these are some of the habits I highly recommend people get into because yeah. you hear about embassies and contacting them but not a lot of people know that you can contact them just for ask some general questions you know so if you're traveling in a country Obviously, we'll help you as much as much as we can. But if you are of in mind that you want to find this, go straight to the horse's mouth, then you can contact the embassy and get that information as well. So, yeah, awesome. Exactly. Nice, Dave. Nice. Uh, what else we got? Um, Dave Hampson, Davey boy. Um, uh, so this, this might be one that we can follow up with because it might be quite a long answer with all the countries. Can you give us an update as to where we are with COVID in the trekking countries and any complexities involved to get there and back um, and any which you can't travel to right yeah. now? So that's probably going to be quite a big answer to go through all of the complexities. I can give you the information for the top ones like Nepal um, and Tanzania and things like that. Um, but it might be best, Dave, if you drop us an email so I can give you that answer in full and not take up the next 20 minutes on the tune-in. But essentially, for Nepal, you have to be fully vaccinated. That's the two jabs. Um, and you have to have a negative PCR within 72 hours of arrival. You also then need a PCR to get back into the airport. So I recommend pre-booking that. Tanzania, there's no vaccination requirement, but you do need a PCR within 96 hours. Yeah. Um, and they will lateral flow test you at the airport at a cost of $10. So you need to be prepared with the cash to pay for that. Um, and the rest of the countries, I believe they all have varying sort of rules. But like I said, drop us an email and I'll follow up with you on that in a more detailed way. Yeah, just to, I mean, exactly. Yeah. You know, we, obviously COVID is still a huge part of it, guys. And we know that we, you know, we, we felt like we talked about it so, so much because it's still relevant, isn't it? And I think, yeah, we, with COVID in each country. I mean, at the moment, um, you know, the only country we can't technically travel to is Morocco, right, Dave? Yeah. Uh, but some... UK, um, you know, the rest of the countries we can. It's just because of our dates and, and, and the seasons, really, that we're not like in Nepal. Um, you know, but there are customers out in Nepal, not not with us, but with other companies right now. Um, you know, and the same with uh, with with the others. Obviously, Kili, um, you know, we haven't got any uh, South American trips to, to later in the year. Uh, which we're really excited for but yeah it's, it's definitely worth with uh you know any specific information dave definitely drop us an email um yeah you know and i think this again expect the unexpected i think we need you know i think we've all learned to be a bit more flexible than normal over the last sort of 20 24 months 
with COVID, and I think we're still going to have to be. You know, like um, uh, l- luckily with these kind of trips, isn't it? I mean, you know, because Dave, we, we've talked about this over the last week or so. Um, you know, because we're really, and I suppose you know, a big thanks from from us to to all of you guys as well that you've all stayed with us. Um, you know, because we are a although a, a relatively big company now, um, we're still a you know, in, in essence, um, you know, quite a, a small company really, but. You know, f- the fact is that we're we're here and we're still actually looking to go traveling, even during the last like 24 months, is because of you guys and you're still choosing to want to go on these trips, essentially. And, um, you know, we have to say thank you for that, for, for, for doing that and supporting us, because we've had a very, very low cancellation rate. Because these types of trips, you know, and just to be frank with you, you know, for these type of trips, it's it's great that um, they are the, the kind of bucket list trips, aren't they? Like with Everest, you know. It's not that you change your mind. You still want to go there. If you've got that seed or that itch, it's never really going to go away until you do it. I mean, we know yeah. that. You know, we, we had, you had that itch since you were a kid. And then you achieved yeah. it in your, in your early 30s. And it opened up a whole world of, of possibilities. And Well, yeah, you know, I'm here now. And I kind of, yeah, I just want to say thanks, really, obviously, for, for to all of you that, that are still on here. And um, I can't wait to take you finally on your trips. But yeah, as we go into 2022, and this is off the back of Dave's, uh, Dave Hampson's question, uh, hopefully uh, those restrictions uh, will be as, as, as big and as uh, too many hoops as they were last year. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, good question, Dave. Cheers, mate. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rebecca. <laughs> uh, right then, mate. Um, am I batter up? Am I mate? Batter up. Um, uh, uh, oh, I suppose, yeah. There's me. I feel like I'm you're Australia and I'm England at the moment and I'm just bowling. Um, yeah. Right. Okay. Well, Diane. Diane, happy new year. Hope all is well. Hi, Andy and Dave. Uh, what are your thoughts about Peru? Uh, any other trekkers managed to get out there since we created the trip first lockdown? No, it's um, super excited, Diane. We can't wait for it. Um, you know, this is to anyone going to South America, especially with Peru, uh, you know, our Tom Akea trip to um you know to machu picchu we can't wait to run that i'm uh you may you may have caught us chatting earlier about uh, dave trying to get me to go and climb marrow with him it's because i might be in south america uh all going well yeah. and um i'll be going on on that particular route so yeah i'll, I'll probably be in peru uh, in the spring hopefully i'll be able to get over and, and, and climb uh, uh marrow with you as well mate but yeah just around uh yeah we, we haven't i mean you know because I mean, Diane, you know, you've been with us now since since the beginning of lockdown. So you you, you know the score. If we were in Peru, you would know. Um, yeah, but we're not. We, we haven't had any any trips run since March 2020, except, you know, a couple in Nepal, a couple in Morocco and some in Tanzania. So, yeah, we can't wait to run that trip. Um, you know, that was a kind of new trip because it was a brand new route that, you know, no one else does in the UK. So, yeah, we are very, very um, yeah. proud to create that one. But we can't. Um, can't wait to run it on a, on a personal note as well like because it's such a a different way of getting there um you know and i'm really excited to get some juicy content for you guys um obviously because i'll be going over there as well uh, so i can share with you because it's there's not much content around for the tomic era no yeah and we were lucky <laughs> enough to catch up with um juan carlos yeah, um heads, yeah, heads of our uh, heads of our team over there um and we met him in london um just before christmas and it was yeah, yeah he's He's a fascinating guy, actually. Uh, it was the first time I've actually, you know, met him in the flesh. Andy, I know you met him previously, and we were chatting about him and his history. And um, yeah, he he is so attuned to what makes a good trip. I mean, he's got eleven summits of Aconcagua. Um, he used to be a mountain guide, um, you know, and he he knows, and he's been in the region enough. Um, I know Aconcagua is Argentina, but you know, he's he's been in Peru and Colombia and all the places in South America that are adventurous by nature um, and knows what makes them a good trip. And we've really fine tuned that one. Um, that's a really special trip. And it's just so frustrating um, that things haven't happened. But again, we're rolling with the punches. It's going to yeah. be worth the wait. Um, and this, this, this is what life is like now, you know, you you uh you plan for the best and make these trips matter right which is what i was uh, saying at the beginning exactly but, um yeah so moving on, so... brilliant sorry just read that <laughs> message emirates double decker just flew over on the way to manchester is that a sign andy it is it is a sign, mate. <laughs> it is a sign. um yeah andy mcnaughton jones has it going mate long time contributor now i would say old yeah. andy hey, andy um aconcagua summiter i believe and um 
I hope so. It's been so long. I may have, may have practiced, but I think he's acting out with summer. Yeah. Um, so for our expeditions, do we have an evac plan that we share with the clients? Um, what the cost of aborting the trip is, if it's outside of medical insurance, etc. Okay, so the plan is pretty much the same in whatever trip that we do, which is that we will just get a helicopter helicopter evac to wherever the person is that needs to be taken down um, and we'll get them to the nearest point of safety. Now, sometimes that's, um, if I use Nepal, for example, sometimes that's back to Lukla, sometimes it can be Namshi, um, most probably Lukla, and then sometimes even Kathmandu, depending on the condition. Um, insurance is really there to protect the you guys um so we can always get you a helicopter in the event where a decision has to be made to sort of evacuate somebody whether or not you have insurance or not is secondary to sort of you know preservation of health and life so yeah. we'll get you one the question then becomes who pays the bill at the end for the chopper is it going to be you or the insurance company so having the insurance company is always good because they will pick up the bill in almost all sets of circumstances if it's a case where you have to turn back for one reason or another because yeah. of maybe like a weather issue or something like that um the guides always work with contingencies in terms of where we can go then we don't just want to evacuate in a chopper back to town we want to salvage yeah. as much as we can so if we find that something is impassable we'll go round it um if we can't go forward we'll find a um an entertaining way back um so yeah that it is um hopefully that's kind of explained it a little bit but remember the crux of the matter is that if you need to um abort the trip for whatever reason um that can always be arranged. The plan is always the same. We've got the choppers backing us up. Andy, yeah, not to the very top. Oh, interesting. I'd be very interested to actually hear more about your story, actually, and I'd find out your experience in Akankawa. Yeah. So if you wouldn't mind dropping me an email, mate, one day, just let me know. And um, I'd love to have a chat with you about that because um, obviously it's something I'm looking to do myself. And um, like everything, I like to soak up as much information. And you guys are a fountain of knowledge, to be fair. We learn just as much from you as uh, you do us. So well, yeah, we we always talk about that. Uh, you know, obviously, Evertrek is is all about the community. You know, um, and that's the collective of the community. We've got people of varied experiences, and it's good to tap into. Uh, you know, people like Andy. You know, lots of you know, loads of you have done Everest Base Camp on here now. Some yeah. loads of you have done Killy on here right now. Lots of you have done Machu Picchu. You know, there's so much experience in this, and uh, you know, obviously, we share our experiences to try and help you guys. Um, you know, because we, we kind of know what what kind of works for altitude, but yeah it's nothing, um it's nothing quite like getting getting it you know from the horse's mouth eh? and you can hear you know what it was like um like andy was saying on about Aconcagua, um you know and all the different places that we go to yeah so yeah it's, it's great to have lots of um you know, yeah i mean and maps. also and also it's in sorry Anne, i think it's a slight delay i think you know, like as like <laughs> yeah but um yeah it's one of those where I, i'm also very interested in people's stories when they you know what andy just said then not to the summit that's really interesting. I want to yeah. know why. I want to know what um, could have gone differently and, and things like that. Because many of you all know the story of my dad, Doug, who went to base camp with me in 2017 and 2019. 2017, yeah. he didn't make it all the way to base camp. And the lessons he learned from that are far more valuable um, to me and to you and anecdotally to the rest of the people than perhaps me just saying yeah you'll be fine you know you can get to the top i got to the top and there was no problems at all i felt fine yeah, you know exactly. we're actually yeah, yeah. Le learning from the difficulties you know actually gives you the knowledge of what you can avoid going back yeah. so um yeah really interested in that um awesome right and do you want to uh take the yeah. next one yeah well actually funny enough uh michael uh, mike gillies was asking how's the knee oh yeah it's getting better getting better honestly it's one of those where my um i'm in a stage now where i've actually got like full movement back um you know i'm about six months post op yeah. or five months post op had it at the end of june um is that five or six months i can't know anyway five um, or six months post op full range yeah. of movement has returned now so i can bend my knee like like that and i can straighten it nice and straight but the issue i've got now is that my left quad is lost quite a lot of muscle compared to my right quad so i'm noticing that i'm compensating a lot when i'm riding my bike and hiking and walking that my right leg's doing most yeah. of the effort so i need to do some isolated exercises on that leg now um in the gym and stuff like that and um one-legged squats but i can't do that now i've got the strength but like you hold on to something and like kind of control the weight that's what i'm going to be doing to build that leg up now but um wow. thanks for asking the chronicles Man, continue um... 
Mark Coyne, Mark. Uh, hi, guys. Uh, we got the EBC. Finally go on 6th of April. Awesome. Oh, so so close. Uh, third time lucky. Uh, I know we get picked up from the airport on arrival. Do we get taken back uh, upon departure? I know you stay an extra day. Was wondering how far the airport is. Yeah. Um, so, Mark, yeah. Um, basically, arrivals, departures. Yeah, that's all covered by us, mate. Uh, even if you stay an extra days, um, yeah, you just let the, the guys know at the hotel um, and they can um, liaise. You'll have a briefing when you get uh, to the hotel anyway with all of your group, uh, with a news or one of the team there, um, and they'll tell you everything you need to know about sort of coming and goings and what you need to do. And uh, they give you your T-shirts and, and they'll uh, basically give you your bags and things like that. So, yeah, it's all covered there. But, yeah, essentially when you leave, mate, um, uh, yeah, you get the transfer back to the airport before we give you a hug and wave goodbye um, after an awesome trip. So, yeah, uh, we got that covered. Um, I hope that answers your question, Mark. Uh, awesome. Oh, what else we got? What else we got? Uh, Dave, any other questions, mate? I'm, uh, yeah, I've got one. Mike Arends. Um, hey, Mike. Mike. Uh, early on, um, you heard talk about gifts for the children along the trails. Um, and since both yourself and your partner have contacts in dentistry, you wondered if toothbrushes and toothpaste would be welcome items. If not, any suggestions um, and recommendations for tipping of local guides? So, first of all, um, always so so kind of you guys to want to bring stuff out there and yeah. and make make someone's day because it really does when you see the children so you know they're sometimes they're there sometimes they like sweets and things like that honestly there's no right or wrong answer to that i'm sure things like that will be really valuable to them um the other things that people like just little things they haven't got and anything they haven't got like toys you know little pens pencils coloring books that sort of thing it's all really really valuable um my favorite is i just bring sweets i always have a pocket full of sweets and i just hand them out um, yeah. but yeah i think anything like that if you've got access to those types of things and you want to bring them out and hand them out yeah 100 percent do that uh, mike because they will really really enjoy that um also tipping for your guides so we recommend yeah. about um put in about 10 percent of the trip cost aside for tips at the end what generally tends to happen then is you're in a group of say you know 12 people um you all put um the tips together in in one big tipping pool in the kitty and then one or two of you will sort of take charge and divide it up um for the for the team so this usually takes me and andy about 10 minutes at the end when we're in Lukla, um and generally the lion's share goes to the head guide um a slightly lower amount to his assistant guides a slightly lower amount then to the porters um, if for whatever reason something you know happens and you've got the money but you're not divvying it up you can just give it to the guide and ask him to do that um, but I always think it's a really nice touch for you guys to actually hand that over yourself um, it's always a really nice time and um, generally on our trips we buy them some beer at Lukla we get them some food and we all sit together and it's it might even be one of the first times where all the guides all the customers all the porters are all together at the same time um who don't have to get up early we're celebrating we're having a good time so yeah i always think it's a nice touch to do it that way yeah nice dave nice um my karen's asked how much of old older trekkers pay for travel insurance over the 50s first Ooh, i think there'll be a few over 50s to say older <laughs> but karen good question um i've seen a few comments actually just reading through about a couple of examples i think uh, jim uh, mentions paid 216 pound for with big cat uh b60 we do it does ebc i think yeah that, that that seems to be about right i think about about 200 pounds for insurance if you're of the um mature level but you, it does sort of go all the way from say 80 pounds all the way up to you know some i've seen some three four hundred pounds if you've got any health conditions um you know they might have a bit of an excess uh it's, so it's, it's quite open-ended i mean always worth you know campbell irving seemed to be good big cat Obviously, True Traveller. We had Tim from True Traveller back uh, uh, sort of towards the end of last year. Um, they're doing great, by the way. And yeah, they were. Um, I had an email from Tim actually recently. But yeah, he's excited to have um, uh, the season coming along. Uh, but yeah, with with that, I, I just recommend having a little check, Karen, and seeing how much. I, I, I roughly, I, I think something about your age, Karen. I reckon uh, you know, 180, 200 pounds, something like that, probably good to aim for. Yeah, awesome um second question now from sarah bala who said there seems to be a lot of mixed advice on taking diamox um do you have any recommendation uh take um sorry do you recommend taking it 24 hours before the climb um or start when you experience symptoms of altitude sickness so sarah you have stumbled across one of the 
Please. tricky things about high altitude trekking which is when how and to take diamox now yeah. i've taken it when i was on kilimanjaro um Ooh. i took it after i started experiencing some of the symptoms that were making me a little off so i didn't wait until i was really unwell um and i guess this is perhaps due to my experience where I knew I'd been to altitude many times before and I knew that what I was experiencing when I was on Kilimanjaro wasn't quite right and I wasn't quite firing on all cylinders so I started taking Diamox half a pill in the evening half a pill in the morning uh, with my food and that was enough and that um, alleviated my symptoms and I carried on now if you haven't got the experience and you go in there for the first time ever and you're thinking Diamox how do I take it you'll get this you can get two bits of advice from two different doctors or nurses i recommend going to a travel clinic um i always bring my own diamox however it's important to point out that the guides do carry it they have a full high altitude uh, first aid kit but i always bring my own i get it from uh, a company called nomad travel clinic with this in cardiff but there's a few around the uk and they'll give you advice on how to take it i've had two sets of advice one of them is if you want to take it before you go that's a personal choice it's recommended you take a pill or two at home in the UK just to test your reaction to it um, and then when you go out there then you can start taking it pretty much you know when you arrive in Lukla um, half a pill in the morning half in the evening and yeah. then if you start feeling ill you can then up that to a full pill in the evening and a full pill in the morning I've also been told if you don't plan on taking it have it with you and follow that same routine um, but start when you start feeling the symptoms of altitude sickness or when your guide advises you to um, no. And then you've got to keep taking it. Then it's important all the way until you reach the same altitude as when you started. Don't stop taking it when you're still at altitude because you feel better because all of a sudden then you might feel a bit worse. Um, I have written a little blog about that. So maybe Lauren can find that blog on Dymox. She's, already, then... she's already done it. She's already posted it on there. Look at that. Well done, Lauren. Um, she's, she's, she's good, isn't she? On, she's uh, good. It's updated as well because I... Our, as with anything like this, you know, our opinions have changed, especially about Diamox, since we've seen, you know, dozens and dozens of our ever trackers use it. I've had family members use it. I've used it once for just just for one night, um, just to test it. But I, I so I, I can't give any personal experience, but I know that, um, you know, it is. Yeah, we, we always say using it as a, in a, in a, from a reactive point of view, where you've got room to go, is always the best way. Just our opinions, like Dave said, there's so many people out there that've got to use it like this, use it like this. Your doctor will say one way travel a clinic will stay the other from experience yeah. and seeing it in action if you know after sort of three four five days and you're suffering with altitude issues uh, our guides do carry it so you can start taking it then and it will help you uh, because then it, once it once it helps you then you've got a chance of getting to where you want to get to yeah. if you start taking it you know before you go and then start your trip and you still get altitude issues you haven't got very far to go before you might have to turn you around so just bear that in mind um, when, you, when you're on the trek, uh, especially base camp. Look at the altitude profile. But this is why we always, you know, if you're on any of our trips, if it's base camp, Killy, um, uh, Tupacala side, because it is up and down. But, you know, places like Machu Picchu, um, all of our trips tend to go the long way, which are already built for acclimatization. So <clears throat> instead of relying on Diamox, just think about speed, think about hydration, focus on those two things and keep your mind positive. Maybe you won't even use Dymox, uh, but it's good to have there in your back pocket just in case. Yeah. Nice, Dave. Nice. Well, we, uh, it feels like we've uh, waited until now. we got like loads of questions coming through because I'm just seeing a bunch coming through from Lauren. I know. Right. It's um... quick, quick fire for these. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, this is one for you, Dave, about uh, photochromic glasses. Oh, okay. Um... So but is it better to wear ski goggles over the top of them to block glare from the sides or can I just use glasses? Danny, I've always just used glasses. Um, when you're going on a, a super high summit, even, you know, I'm thinking Aconcagua, you might start wearing things like the like the snow goggles. But even on Everest, people can still wear glasses. You can buy ones with like the shields on the side. They don't have to be like the leather ones. They can actually be a bit of plastic that goes there. I recommend Jublo. They're, um, or Jublo. They're a really good make. Um, they're the only ones that I've used. They're very popular in high altitude climates. And they do have that, um, uh, like a lens um that, that kind of reacts to the to the light and stuff the photochromatic <laughs> ones i think you can get those in uh jublos as well like you can have the lens put in so it's like that um yeah so i recommend those jublos and start there that would be a, the place where i look um 
nice. Let's have a quick uh, look. Yeah, yeah got, got someone here. Sarah, <clears throat> I may add to this, how essential are sunglasses? I think, yeah, I on all of our trips, because uh, a high altitude, um, you know, with, with a, you're more, because um, you're, you're, you're higher up, you do have more UV rays that come down, so we say they are essential. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously we don't want to see everyone in sunglasses, but if you need them, it, it's important to have them. You know, you've got to look after those eyes, haven't you, uh, as much as you can. So, yeah, yeah, um, definitely I'd recommend, uh, if you're on our trips, bring sunglasses, definitely. Yeah. Um, Danny Mitchell said for tipping, you do this back at the hotel after the climb. Presumably yeah. it needs to be cash, if so, local or dollars. So pretty much any currency is accepted. I think it's much easier if you use dollars um, because just it's currency you understand they understand if you mix currencies it can take a bit longer and be a bit of a nightmare to kind of work out how much yeah. you've got generally it requires a telephone and some internet access to work out um you know what the equivalence is so i think dollars is the easiest and do it um if we're talking about um nepal you generally do it in lukla when you get back the night before you get a flight back because your porters and everyone will probably stay behind in lukla to do another trip so you do it there if you're talking about kilimanjaro um you'll do it back at the hotel um and on the other trips as well um, most of them arrive back at the hotel but it's just nepal in the average region you'll tend to do it um in lukla so yeah, hopefully that's uh, sorted that out. Um, uh, just got one here, Dave. Uh, just from Shane, Shane Oakley. Uh, EBC starts 29th of October. Flights all booked. Nice, organised. Um, 28th. Do you book the extra night in the hotel? Um, do we pay them direct? Oh, I see. Yes, yeah, so you're staying an extra day. Great stuff, Shane. Yeah. All you need to do um, when you upload your flight details or you give us your flight details, we'll see that you're. Um, uh, we'll see that you're staying there an additional day. We'll reserve the accommodation for you. Just pay for it at the hotel, um, at the hotel in Kathmandu, mate. Okay, so yeah, don't pay us for that. Just so it's easier just to deal directly with the hotel. But we'll we'll sort the uh, reservations out for you, because all of our ever trekkers stay at uh, Hotel Aloft in Kathmandu, which is awesome. Um, some of our ever trekkers who are on here have stayed there, and I know that um, their bar lasted a very, very long time. I think it was 10 days before Bry um, ran the, the beer drive. So, yeah, we got plenty. Yep. Awesome. And last yep. question, Sarah Piper-Smith. What's the average group yeah. size for Mera? Dry land. And, um, and for the climbing section, what's the, the client guide yeah. ratio? So, um, to be honest, the average group size for Mera is probably one to two. Yeah, in people in terms cool. of Mera, you don't get huge numbers going to Mera. Um, so the groups are very small. So predominantly, the um, the guide to client ratio is pretty much one to one or one to two. Um, it is a trekking peak. There's nothing um, particularly technical about it. Um, Island Peak's a little bit more technical than Mera. Mera Peak is, you know, there, there is some fixed rope use and crampon use, but nothing sort of technical, no ladder crossings or anything like that. But on our trips, um, predominantly it's one to one or one to two. Um, yeah, nice. Yeah. Sarah came with us um, to base camp a long, long time ago in, in 2017 uh with her brother Stuart but yeah Sarah welcome back to dry land I know you've been uh overseas or on the sea uh for a long time but yeah hope all is well mate great stuff Dave right we uh we bashed through it there but some awesome questions right wow can't believe it's almost half one it's flown by this live first one I you? know I know it's crazy I can't great. believe I mean look I've been looking forward to it though it feels weird on a Tuesday when we don't do a live I find myself <laughs> just you know walking out into yeah. the street and saying anyone any questions no. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. Well, look, it's been it's been great to be back. Um, you know, we got a big, big year ahead of us. A lot of trips to go on, but we're still going to run these. Um, you know, as and when we're free, we're gonna we're gonna still put in the diary every Tuesday. Um, you know, unless we're you know we're we're away or you know um, we're off at this, etc. But we're gonna be keep these guys because we know that, uh, or we hope at least that you know they've been useful. Um, I know we started these. Was it March 2020? We started our first one, but uh, which is nuts. yeah, it's a lot, long time ago. To think. Um... <laughs> In March now, it'll be two years. I know, it's crazy, it's crazy. But it's, it's great know. as well. I mean, this is, you know, we expect the unexpected. I mean, you know, we, we say that the Tuesday tune-in was created because of COVID, essentially, because it yeah. pushed us to, to, to do this kind of thing. And whilst you guys had more time and we had more time, um, now we have to fit it in because we realise how important it is. But now it's uh, it's great. And look, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be here next week. Hopefully, I'll be back in the office with you, Dave, um, if I've shifted the lurgy. Uh, but yeah, Dave, any, any final thoughts, mate, before we... Before... Um, no, just great to be back. Great to see all you guys and also all the people that watch this after the live on um, YouTube, Facebook, however. Um, yeah. Please know you're all equally as valued. I 
it's still it still blows my mind that we come back in every Tuesday and all you guys are here to just join in with us and chat all things trekking, mountain, fun and banter. It's um yeah, it's a good feeling and I'm ready to kick off twenty twenty two. And um yeah. Nice. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you next week. Um, yeah, have an awesome weekend uh, as we uh, week and weekend as we creep towards it. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next Tuesday. Take it easy. Bye. Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune in? But I hope yeah. you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks. Now, if uh, if you've enjoyed it, don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Um, you know all these uh, podcasts we put together the episodes trying to reach as many people as possible and if it's helped you leave us a lovely review um, and yeah we'll see you again next week yeah all the best guys bye